You're listening to Film School, broadcasting every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, and on the web at KUCI.org slash filmschool. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. Our guests today, A.J. Schnock and Tom Powers, are co-chairs of Cinema Eye Honors, a new non-fiction filmmaking award recognizing the wide breadth of the genre and also the specific crafts, such as cinematography and editing, that are being created from within the documentary community. Schnock's documentary, Kurt Cobain About a Son, was nominated for a 2007 Independent Spirit Award. Powers is the documentary programmer of the Toronto International Film Festival. His most recent documentaries are Loving and Cheating and Guns and Mothers. A.J. Schnock, Tom Powers, welcome to Film School. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. How how are you doing this uh, inauguration day? Is everything going well? Uh, This is A.J. I'm just stepping out of... uh, a lovely uh, party where everyone's watching the inauguration, so wow. everyone seems to be uh, uh, quite happy. Yeah, that is good. We're, we're locked in a room. We can't see any of this. Yeah, I suppose we, we could turn our computer on, but we're we're dedicated to film here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is, this is a wonderful list of nominees you you, you <laughs> folks have put together at Cinema Eye. Uh, the big winner seems to be Waltz with Bashir, which is uh, an unusual uh, a documentary choice since uh, the animation. Do you want to talk about that a little Tom, bit? Tom, yeah, Tom, why don't you... Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, well, Waltz with Bashir uh, was nominated in seven uh, categories, seven out of our ten uh, categories, uh, so in, uh, more than any other uh, film. And, uh, and I think that it's the, the, the nomination of, of this film kind of gets at the, the heart of, um, of why Cinema Eye was uh, created. Uh, the, the award was started uh, last year. This, is, this will be the second time the, the award is given. Uh, and it was created because uh, AJ and I felt that uh, there was uh, something lacking in the uh, in the documentary community uh, recognition for the breadth and depth of of the craft that we were seeing on screen. And uh, I think uh, you know emblematic of um, of the way in which that's lacking is that Waltz with Bashir wasn't even eligible to be nominated for an Academy Award. In uh, the documentary uh, category, it has been. Um, it is eligible for the in the foreign film category, but uh, the, the, that has to do with uh, a lot of the torturous uh, ways in which um, documentaries have to qualify uh, for the Academy Awards. And so, when when we set out to create the Cinema I uh, Honors, we we wanted to create a system that would give every opportunity to uh, to films that. Um, that are uh, really pushing the creative boundaries of, of documentary. Uh, and uh, in addition to Waltz with Bashir, the, the, the next film that uh, was nominated in the most categories was uh, My Winnipeg by the Canadian filmmaker Guy Madden. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, both these films uh, represent the, you know, a, a, a real um, creative flourishing in the documentary form. Yes. But they are. I mean, both, uh, both of these films are... Certainly, very non-traditional documentaries. Uh, uh, with Walsh with Bashir, you have uh, uh, the use of uh, animation to essentially document uh, these attacks at these uh, refugee camps and uh, in Lebanon. 
And uh, with my Winnipeg, it's... You have Guy Madden. You have Guy Madden, and need, need we say anything more than that? So uh, uh, I, I salute you on that, because they are a, sort of, a, uh, creatively speaking, a cut above uh, many documentaries that we, we, we're, we're yeah. used to seeing. In, in the more traditional sense, you have uh, Man on Wire, and that's not necessarily traditional, but it's, uh, it's a wonderful documentary. Can, can you talk a little bit about that? What... what Attributes. Uh, let's let's go to uh, AJ. Well, what attributes do you think about Man and Wire uh, making an ex- extraordinary film? Well, you know, I just wanted to say, you know, it, it it shows how far we've come just in terms of talking about nonfiction filmmaking. That um, a film like Man on Wire is considered um, now traditional because it's it, you know uh, it's a film that's filled with uh, recreations. Uh, yeah. There are actors playing uh, you know the roles of of all of the main characters. Um, a great deal of it is, you know, shot like this heist film. Um, it is in, in many ways um, the kind of film that would have given everyone heartburn, you know, back when people were wondering whether Errol Morris was doing, you know, yes. something uh, irreligious uh, in, the, in his film. So, uh, the fact that we look at that and think of it as a more traditional, traditional film, I think, is, is emblematic of that people really are opening themselves to a lot of different forms of filmmaking within uh, within the nonfiction genre. And Manowire is just, I, it, in my mind, is an extraordinary film. I, I think it's probably my favorite film of the year. Um, and I, I just think that it's it's such a, a difficult, the, the background is such a difficult subject to pull off, to make a film that deals with the, the World Trade Center. Um, and and to, to do it in such a gutsy way um, that, you know, Let's the audience acknowledge, you know, what they know is going to happen in the future to these buildings, but never dwells on it in the film, never talks about it in the film, just lets it kind of exist as this backdrop and then creates this really artistic, um, artistically weaved uh, film uh, around that idea. It's, it's just tremendous filmmaking, not only by the, the director, James Marsh, but also by his producing team, which, um, you know, it, really put together an amazing um, piece of film. AJ, I just have one comment to make on that. We were fortunate enough to get James to come on uh, film school and talk about his film. And the only, uh, really the only overt allusion to that is at the very end, near the end of the film, you see a photograph of a plane just overhead, over Philippe's, uh, essentially over Philippe's head in the right. film. It, and, and it said volume, it sort, of, it sort of confirmed that we were all watching the same film in the same context. And it was just brilliantly done. It's a very, very good film, and I'm thrilled to see it on the list. Which brings me to something that I, I want to ask Tom about, uh, and you alluded to it, AJ. You know, when, back when, when uh, Earl Morris was overlooked for his early films, his early documentaries, particularly Thin Blue Line, did this begin to plant in your mind or in yours, AJ, the sense that the Academy was just out of touch with what was going on in the documentary film uh, world and that something needed to be done to address that? Well, it, I, that's that's a long, long problem, and you yeah. know the list of films that have been neglected by the Academy is virtually a Hall of Fame, uh, uh, including Roger and Me, Hoop Dreams, My uh, Brother's Keeper, yeah. um, uh, etc. And <clears throat> every year, the Academy uh, tries to um, uh, amend its rules to uh, to you know to, to fix the system, and I, I think that they're 
They've always been small fixes where uh, really large fixes are called for. Um, so in, in creating this you know, complaint about the Academy, uh, yeah, yeah. Let, let me talk about the principles in which Cinema Eye was, uh, was formed. One thing that we wanted was a certain transparency of the process, because the people who choose the, no- the, the films that are nominated for the Academy, we don't know their names, uh, we you know, barely know how they come to their uh, decisions. In the case of the Cinema Eye Honors, the nominations are chosen by a panel of uh, 15 documentary film programmers from 15 different uh, film festivals, mostly in the U.S., but also in Canada, uh, Denmark, uh, England. Um, uh, and and the, the way we came up with that list is, we, you know, we sought out the people who are watching the most documentaries of, you know, anyone else on the planet uh, uh, each year. These are people who watch hundreds of, of films to make their selections uh, for film festivals. And, uh, and we thought that, you know, they were the people who we could count on to, uh, to have, you know, thought very seriously about um, uh, the scope of material that comes out each year. Uh, so, so, you know, it's, that, that was a kind of uh, uh, critical foundation to, um, to, to when we set out. Now, um, there is not very, and, and on your website, if you go to cinemaiawards.org, uh, I believe is .org, right? Uh, you can find you can find a list of the the big list of the 117 films I believe that you uh, had had winnowed it down to the final 15 and now we have the final the final group the final nominations and um, it's what's interesting about your list is unfortunate how few of them are actually on even on the 15 shortlisted Academy Award films very few of them actually were there's not much crossover at all. What? Instead of I think part of it is that, you know that we you know to what Tom was saying earlier you know I think that you know there are going to be years when probably the lists will be more similar and, yeah. and years when, when they won't I, you know I think that there, there's a different mission sort of in what we're hoping to do which is to shine the light on the, the craft of, of filmmaking right. and so I think that just from the beginning you know people approach how they're nominating and what films they're thinking of in a different way. It's not yeah, yeah. just about a film that, you know, made them feel good about a subject or made them, you know, want to give money to a specific cause. Um, it's, it's about a film that's artistically um, generated. And I think that, you know, hopefully what we, we're, you know, creating in the long run is a place in which, you know, that the films, you know, films that are important from a social uh, issue perspective can have a home where they, you know, are, are, lauded and, and feted, um, and the, the people who are taking real artistic risks um, and, uh, and, and working at sort of the height of their artistic and creative powers, they can also have a home where, where people will want to celebrate that aspect of, of the filmmaking yeah. of nonfiction films. Yeah, and again, to get away from sort of this Academy bashing, I'm not trying to do that as well. Yeah. Yeah, it, is, it is, in fact, uh, in the nominations, it's not just... The uh, direction of a film, you have it broken down into categories uh, of editing and direction and, and, and such. So uh, it, it's a much more complete sort of look at the world of, uh, of documentary filmmaking. Well, yeah, well it's, yeah and it's a way also, I think, for everyone to, to get to, as a community, get together. Um, yeah. there's, you know, a lot of times things are sort of solely, I mean, the Oscars are great, you know, but there's one award for documentary at, you know, in three hours, and Right. This is an opportunity for you know, the folks who are the great editors. Um, you know, there is no uh, the, the uh, American Cinema Editors 
I think that's what better for the ACE. Um, you know, they give an award each year, but the cinematographers don't give an award for, for nonfiction. Right. So, you know, these, these craftspeople um, are really owed a, a chance for, for their work to be spotlighted. Uh, can I just real quick, uh, it is on uh, March, I want to say March 15th, I don't have it right in front of me. March 29th. Pardon in, me, I'm in, so sorry. March in New York 20th. City is uh, is when the awards will be given. And I'll, I'll just correct your the, the website you gave. You um, you can read more about the, the award at cinemaihonors.com. My, my bad, okay. okay. Shame mm. on you, Mike. I know. Cinema yeah, the, the one category I find myself staring at here is uh, achievement in production. Uh, and... Uh, Especially on stranded, I've come from a mountain that crashed. Come from a plane that crashed in the mountains, and also uh, one I really enjoyed and had no idea that in production Henry Kaiser, uh, who I always always followed as a, a guitarist, was working with Werner Herzog and producing films. Has he been doing that long, Henry Kaiser? Hey, do you know anything about his background? Uh, as far as that goes, you know, I'm I, I, I'm sorry, I don't. Uh, um, uh, Encounters the end of the world. Yes, uh, you know, uh, directed by Herzog is uh, very happy to to be celebrating uh, that film because uh, Herzog has such a uh, long and esteemed career, yes. uh, and is traditionally kind of neglected by. Um, uh, by awards, yes. uh, <clears throat> but you know, when you talk about the the production of it. I think um, something that's notable is uh, both Encounters at the End of the World and Man on Wire came out of the unit of uh, Discovery Films, uh, yeah. the, the the branch of the Discovery Channel that was producing feature films uh, under the, the guidance of the, the executive producer, Andrea Medic. And uh, unfortunately and ironically, Discovery Films closed this year. Uh, the, 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 they decided to... Uh, uh, to end that uh, that branch of what they were doing, and <clears throat> now here they have uh, you know two films that are are being highly highly lauded. Well, that's a shame. I mean, those, these are, are are wonderful films that the production company of of two of the the best documentaries uh, to come out last year went under. Is it was it a uh, a Discovery Channel corporate decision, or were this did their film division just not? make the uh, bottom line for them? How did that come about? That, that you would have to ask the, the Discovery Channel. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, I, I, my understanding has been that when, uh, you know, when cable companies like Discovery or A&E Indie Films, which thankfully is still uh, thriving, and in fact has a documentary here at the Sundance Film Festival, the September issue, that uh, that's gaining a lot of attention. Um, I think that there's an original... Uh, uh, its motivation for uh, for these channels was to to create a kind of prestige arm that uh, even if it didn't draw a lot of profit would draw a lot of attention and and that attention ultimately translates into profit for those channels because uh, you know it, be, being cable TV channels they don't really have the chance to uh, appear in the context of um, uh, of theatrical awards and all the um, the attention that gets paid to it, but by uh, producing films, they could um, they could gain that attention, and that translates into more prestige, which translates into uh, uh, higher ad revenue uh, for them. And uh, so, you know, whatever the calculation was, uh, Discovery Films, yeah. you know, obviously decided it wasn't uh, worth it. It's such a shame because looking over these films, and um, we have, like I said, we've been very fortunate to have spoken with a lot of these filmmakers. But I find that in the in talking with people about movies, that the the level of passion uh, that they uh, will uh, express when it comes to a film, uh, 
is often much higher with the documentary. There's something they feel uh, uh, an investment in these stories because, for whatever reason, it's the filmmaking, it's the story, it, it, it's, it's real, the, it's the reality that these these films reflect. Uh, that you really get a very passionate uh, response from people, and and the shame is that that uh, we're not seeing them in a wider distribution. And unfortunately, yeah. for whatever reason in the marketplace, they don't seem to. M- Bring the revenue that oftentimes these these studios want to see, which is just just a shame. Well, uh, AJ, what what do you think is the cause of that? Why you think it is the studios aren't interested uh, in in promoting documentaries as much because <laughs> of their own power structure, or because they think it won't sell as much when it gets outside of the studio? Well, I, I mean, I sort of take a longer view. You know, I, I think you know a lot of some people look at last year's not having been particularly a good year for docs theatrically, but I think it, it just depends on sort of what matrix you use to, to look at that. Um, there were a number of films that did what would be, you know, over a million or two million at the box office, which, you know, for a doc is, is still a, a pretty successful take. Um, I think the challenge is that a film like The Order of Myths, which uh, got four nominations, um, both uh, in the top film category as well as for director Margaret Brown, um, you know, that's a film that is an incredibly well-made film, uh, and because it didn't have a, you know, a subject that distributors thought were, they could sell easily, um, it was uh, difficult for, to get it out to theaters around the country. So I, I think the challenge is, in some ways, for films that don't seem to have a, an easy marketing hook or a, a way to explain them, and they can be lauded and appreciated. And, you know, I, I guess I hope that at some point... If you know cinema, I can grow to become something where a film like Order of Myths, um, which maybe didn't get the play it deserved, you know, might get another chance uh, if, as part of a cinema screening series or something, where people would say like, "Oh, I want to see this film because obviously it must be one of the the best films of, of last year." Which, if you look at the you know the critics lists, um, you know, Order of Myths and My Winnipeg and uh, you know, I think our our top five films line up quite uh, nicely oh, there, with it does. what it's the critics thought were the best of the year. Remarkable. Yeah. Now, uh, Tom Powers, uh, I, I want to ask you, is is your uh, the uh, relationship that you have with IndiePix and and obviously with Cinema, you're, you're, you're really talking about de- helping develop and nurture this sort of marketplace that I think AJ's uh, we're, we're talking about. Is that one of the other purposes of Cinema is to help with this? Well, it's, I mean, I think that an award show does bring that kind of uh, recognition. It's another tool to bring recognition to um, to the incredible vitality that's taking place in the documentary uh, scene right now. Indie Picks uh, was our founding sponsor. You know, you can't put these things on without uh, someone stepping forward uh, to pay for it. And uh, they did most generously uh, last year, and, and they've uh, signed on to do it for, uh, for the future. And, um, and we're really grateful to them. And, and, you know, and I think that they're representative of this whole new energy that's happening um, on the Internet of uh, uh, companies that are uh, looking for ways to go around. You know, they, they recognize that the old methods of distribution are kind of broken um, or, or, you know, they, they've just changed. Time yeah. has moved past those, yeah. those methods of distribution. And so companies like IndiePix um, are trying something new, and, uh, and it's, you know, it's quite exciting to see that energy. 
It is. It truly is. And uh, I, I'm just, uh, I, I, we're, we're running out of time here. So I, I, but I just want to, I want to mention, uh, we, we talked about Order of Miss, uh, Waltz with Bashir, my Winnipeg. There were a few other films that I well, think. Well, I'm going I'm to ask Tom, uh, I think AJ said his favorite film of the year was Man on Wire. Uh, are you allowed to say what your favorite film is? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it's it's. It, I can't reduce it. I mean, it's yeah. it, it's not just like a dip, diplomatic dodge, but uh, you know, certainly I've seen um, I've seen Man on Wire in theaters uh, a couple times uh, this year. Um, uh, I've seen Order of Myths uh, in theaters a couple times this year. I, I presented it in New York City at a series I do at the IFC Center called Stranger Than Fiction. Um, and, uh, you know, to ask me just between those two, you know, what's my favorite, it's kind of, you know, which of them I've seen most recently. Yeah. Um, so, there, you know, I, I encourage your listeners to to go to the CinemaEyeHonors.com website, look at that list, not just of the, uh, the our short list, uh, but look at the list of 117 films. And what we've done on, on the website is uh, linked each of these titles so you can go explore their web, the websites of, of these films individually. Uh, and you know, and the, the great thing, you know, AJ talked about taking the long view, um, which I think is the, the right approach. And you know, the wonderful thing today is that uh, you know, most of these films you will be able to get on DVD, whether you know, it's ordering on Amazon or yeah. uh, iTunes or, or direct from uh, the distributor. And that, that's a that's a title change from where we were, you know, just 15 years ago. You know, I remember growing up, and you'd hear about a film like Don't Look Back, one of the you know most seminal uh, documentaries of our time about Bob Dylan. And like, when I was a young person, I couldn't go see that film. Yeah. I, you know, you couldn't get it on uh, VHS for a long time. You you know, you'd be lucky if maybe a you know, university film club would would show it. Yeah. You know, once every couple years, and you could see it. So we we really do live in a uh, a wonderful age of accessibility to these films now. Well, we're we're very grateful. Uh, uh, we we particular film school are we're grateful for the work and for showcasing the, these documentaries yeah. uh, through Cinema Eye and such. And uh, thank you so much for your work on that. I want to ask you real quick, uh, either one of you, Tom or, or AJ, uh, something that really knocked you out so far. Uh, at Sundance, uh, as far as a documentary, you mentioned one earlier, Tom. Uh, anything, AJ, that you've seen um, that you're just excited about? Um, I actually just kind of got in, uh, okay. and I'm, have, I'm just diving into some films. But there's a, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff here that I'm looking forward to, like Doug Gray's new film, Art and Copy, and uh, Andy Timmer's new film, We Live in Public. So. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some wonderful things to see, and I'm just getting started. Very good. And Tom, anything that you just uh, want to? Yes, well, you know, I'm I'm serving on the jury okay. for the world documentary, so I I I have to express yeah. neutrality for those films. <laughs> although I can say that the, we've we're, we have been seeing some wonderful films, and you'll uh, you can read about our choices on Saturday when the awards are announced. But Perfect. films that I'm more privileged to speak about because they're not under my jurisdiction. Uh, I mentioned the September issue about uh, Anna Wintour, made by R.J. Cutler, who is part of the team behind the War Room and uh, oh, wow. a perfect candidate. Uh, which you know, it's a film. When you make a film about Anna Wintour, uh, sort of the subject of The Devil Wears Prada in fiction, uh, it comes you know, freighted with a lot of uh, expectations, and I think that the film really uh, meets those expectations. Well, uh, oh, well excellent. Well, um, uh, the, the uh, Cinema Eye Honors. Uh, for nonfiction filmmaking, will be held in New York City at the New York Times Center at Times Square on March 29th of 2009. 
Tom Powers, A.J. Snock, thank you so much for being here today. Thank Thank you. To learn more about Film School, listen to more interviews, or subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at KUCI.org slash filmschool.